Hello, everybody. Welcome to Banana Split, the podcast where an Asian guy and a white guy talk about geeky events and trending news happening today. So we've got a lot of events happening uh, in the month of September. So Patrick, uh, update us on what's happening this month. All right, yeah, that's that's going to be a regular feature. We haven't um, really built in a structure that we've adhered to consistently, but that's something we should definitely always uh, roll into was, and even maybe come up with some music for it. What's going on in Sydney? What's going on in Sydney? Ba-da-ba-ba. Um, so, yeah, this weekend's pretty busy. They seem to do nothing for weeks in terms of events. Like, there'll be something on every weekend, but in terms of cosplay-focused, exciting yes. events that everyone gets sort of, oh, are you going there? Are you go- Oh, yeah, I'm going there. The middle of the um, year seems to be more cosplay-focused, and the first yep. half, nothing happens. Yeah, it's dead. Right. So. Someone should really do something about that. Um, but, yeah, this weekend there's a Sinai's Medieval Fair. That's pretty huge. Obviously, it's way up on the northern side of Sydney. So not everyone can get there. I've driven past it a few times on the work truck. Looks like a nice big ground. Doesn't look like there's a lot of public transport out there. Probably some buses. Yeah. Um, so that will limit numbers. But that's a real diehard thing Like for people that are massively into the whole uh, recreation. No. Re... Reenactment scene, medieval reenactment. Yeah, so, so I'm assuming they have and horses and lots of horses, archery and the whole shebang. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a fun day. I did go to Winterfest last year, and you were there as well. Um, that mm. was smaller in Parramatta. Yeah, that was really good. If it's anything like that, and I assume Saint Ives Medieval Fair will be bigger than mm. that, then it's a load of fun. You are transported to a world of knights and swords and clashing, and there'll be loads of battles. They're pretty strict on uh, having accurate costumes and stuff as well i think like it's not iron fest is probably the one i go to i don't i try not to miss that if i can yeah uh, and that just lets anything goes whereas this is more of a focused medieval you know who will have the 12th century section and the 15th century stuff and i'm not an expert but um the guys that are there are really into it and i've got a few friends that have their own little um group that they bought a tent they've got mm. regular training sessions they made like uh, their own flags and symbols and yeah. the order, I think they're called. They're a so fantastic kind of group of people, by the way. Yeah. yeah, Amy Penfold and Caleb Lawson. Yep, shout out to them. Yep. They're amazing medieval cosplayers um, who do who kick ass on the battlefield as well. Um, yeah. Caleb did some uh, uh, battles in uh, Parramatta and I was just amazed at his performance because I've... I always thought his cardio was 0%, but he lasted a good five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know yeah. if I could stick around for that long. For um... Yeah. But it's always exciting to see them clash. And yeah, he's a scary guy. Yeah. He's, Big um... guy. Six foot four, three. Yeah, I've never measured. But yeah, he'd definitely tower over most people. Yeah. Um, so we've got St. Ives, and then what else do we have? Was there a right. Game Traders thing? Yeah, I I, that, we've got a correction from last week. I did slip out that it was in Blacktown, just because that's where I live, and that's where our Game Traders I know is. But no, it's the one in Penrith. Um, and that's, I think, there's events on the whole weekend, but Saturday is when they've got the cosplay comp. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that's happening is, Oz Comic Con have asked us at Beyond Cosplay to try and get some people together for a photo shoot with the Sun Herald. Ah. Um, but we yet to confirm the time and place. So the problem is with Game Traders happening and, yeah, the Medieval Fair and if, there's probably a few other things. It's going to be tricky. And a lot of people are still getting their 
costumes ready. That's right. It's only yeah. two weeks out from Oz Comic Con. Or nighters. You've seen um, a lot of progress pictures on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people might flake out because, well, you know, I want to finish my costume. So that's well, fair enough. Well, ladies and gentlemen, so we'll we I'm done. That. I'm kind of done. Um, if you want to... Uh, actually, I'll tell you my secret cosplay right now. I am doing <laughs> Tom Cruise from Top Gun, Pete Mitchell, Maverick, yep. the man, the ace. Yeah, he is I had a sneak brilliant. preview and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'll be playing the music on my Bluetooth speaker, Danger Zone. Uh, way to, to the Danger, danger Zone. zone. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie since I was like 10. So that and Days of Thunder, that was his prime, man. He yeah. was pumping out those big action movies. Cocktail it wasn't is, really an action movie. It's but, so know, 80s. Like, it the music huge. is so 80s. But, mm. yep. but he's still making films. I went to one last night with my son called American Made. Mm-hmm. Um God, he for how old is he now? Fifty something. He's in his mid fifties. Can He's you believe that, well. Patrick? No, he doesn't seem to have changed a lot since even maybe Top Gun. You know, you can believe it's still. Yeah, he maybe looks ten years older, and it's been what thirty or forty years since that film. So he certainly had some work done on his face. Has he? I'm guessing I so. Know, I just thought he I worked mean... out a lot. I'm a bit more naive in that way. I'm like, yeah, no, he just takes care of himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was a good film. It was based on the true story of a uh, pilot. I think his name is Barry Seal. And uh, yeah, he led a, in a colorful life, a short life, unfortunately, but a very um, wild ride it was. And uh, yeah, it was interesting taking my son because I was like, this might be one of the last you know, big blockbuster movies that Tom Cruise is in on the big screen. And because it's just purely through attrition, you know, he, he can't keep doing it forever. Yes. But then I probably spoke too soon. We'll see him jumping out of planes for another decade at least. Who knows? But can you believe um, he'll be 60 in a few years? Right. Right. He yeah. was born in 1961 or 62. Mm. So he'll be 60 in like four years. And he does not look no. 56 I mean, or There's a few guys at that yeah. level now that are still going strong. Um, but they're sort of more well-known for being beefcake in and out of movies. Like Tom Cruise is an actor's actor as well. He's done Magnolia. He's done... Um, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, there's a few films where, you know, he's got a, he's earned some respect, you know, um, besides all the couch-jumping antics, which I never really understood why everyone was so upset over. The, it, also you know, known as the day, couch incident. People still refer to it. Oh, he jumped on the couch on Oprah show just because he was so in love with his wife. Yeah. Um, he was also in love with something else. Really? S- sniffing the... Well, I'm, I'm assuming so. He went a bit nutty, man. I would have thought as a Scientologist and very heavily into it at that time because I think that was about Katie Holmes. Yeah. And there was they had a, whole, a huge breakup because the church didn't like who she was and... I don't know. I saw a little bit of a documentary about it and it was some pretty scary stuff. I right. think that's more disturbing than him jumping on a couch. Yeah. I'm not saying he's squeaky clean. I'm saying he's he's been involved in some um, murky waters there, but, you know, that's all his personal life and, you know, jumping on a couch is the least of anything he should be, you know, embarrassed about. I think it's more the Scientology stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's not alone there. There's what, Travolta? And a few others, and you know they'll they'll get out of it. Um, uh, well, let's go back to the know. movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> how was uh, how was Tom Cruise there. acting, and what did you like about the movie? He really it was like speaking of Jeremy Maguire. It really felt like he'd recaptured that energy and that sort of um, charisma where you just were hanging on every word and wanted to see what would happen next. Because so I think it was a synthesis of um, whatever's going on with him right now. He really could tap into that 
joyful kind of boyish charm and also the predicament that the character was in in terms of getting his way in and out of all these insane situations that you would you know it was so outrageous that you wouldn't if they were made up you wouldn't believe it like where he ended up in terms of um, the CIA putting him in all these positions and then running drugs for the Medellin cartel. Um, so it feels like I'm throwing out spoilers here, but I mean, it was a true story and it has been out there for a long time. So, I mean, he... Credit limits here. Yeah. Um, but you still, you know, went along for the ride and um, I don't know, my son enjoyed it. Uh, so for me, that's always a barometer. I mean, he did enjoy Transformers 5 yeah. or whatever it was, so... Not the most um, discerning audience. Pretty varied barometer, I must say. <laughs> it's not as consistent. It'll get better. Yeah. Um, isn't that isn't yeah, American made MA fifteen plus? Yeah, but that, see, that's the thing. Um, Come on, dude. There was two other films that I was considering. Well, three if you include the Emoji movie. But I've got to also remember that I'm going as well. Like I'll watch. I've took in the Lego Batman, but that's a good movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. Like that's one of those ones where any age can enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but from what I've seen of the emoji, that's purely yeah. for kids. He can watch that on his iPad or something. I, I'm there too, and I only get to see him um, once a week at this point. So I'm like, well, you know, let's both try and enjoy it. Fair, fair. And um, both of you guys love Tom Cruise. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's particularly attached to the guy. I don't think he's seen him in anything other than the Mummy, which probably wasn't a great. Um, not his greatest work. Yeah. Not a great introduction. Yeah. But, um, so it was definitely an improvement on that. But yeah, the other options were American Assassin. So at the same time, you had two <coughs> blockbuster films in theaters, both with American in the title. And uh, yeah, I think I saw the better one. I might have cheated by checking some reviews. Um, from yeah. what I've heard, American Assassin's a bit like Born Light. Um, ah, Born think, Light. I yeah, see. you know, just the whole spy running around, revenge, mystery, using uh, lots of fast jump cut. Don't forget editing. the shaky cam was going to say, cam. yeah. Um, but unfortunately, without the moral backbone or complexity of the Bourne films. yeah. Although, speaking of action, I'm really looking forward to Jackie Chan in The Foreigner. Oh, is that not out yet? No. I thought it, because there was a lot of previews online and everywhere else and in the cinema for it and then suddenly it just i think late september for an australian release if if not october mm. early october at the very latest but it's good to see jackie chan uh because he's not often in western films and he's always in hong kong and chinese cinema um, where he makes a lot of money but here he is in his 60s doing like crazy stunts again and next to pierce brosnan might i add mm. like two juggernauts veterans of the game and to see one genre actor, Jackie Chan, with Pierce Brosnan, uh, James Bond, they have, a, I guess, a love affair with action as well. And mm. then to see um, Jackie Chan not just dish out the, the kung fu style, but then integrate it with weapons. I'm going to say that this is like born heavy, uh, not born light. Mm. It's, it's going to be... I'm, I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, well, it looks it. like it's got that complex kind of... Um, I mean, they're both... Like American Assassin looks like it's got a very similar plot as in you know an innocent um but capable man loses his family due to terrorism then wants to track down those terrorists for a personal revenge i mean it's essentially the same plot but i think the gist is with the foreigner is that um he's not a neophyte 20 something learning the skills that he needs like batman over however many years he already has some kind of like mysterious background it's a bit like 
you know, a Jackie Chan version of the of Taken, but Liam Neeson didn't have a strong history in action films. In choreography, like, yeah. Hey, you've hit 50, you've done the A-team, but let's really turn it up now with this. Whereas Jackie Chan's basically entire life has been action movies. Yeah. I'm surprised he wasn't in any of the um, Expendables. Yeah, same here. Jet Li was. Yeah. But... Come on. I mean, that's understandable. Jet Li is also an icon, but not as big as Jackie Chan. Everyone knows Jackie Chan. Yeah. I'm sure there was one of those negotiation things that fell through, like with Bruce Willis asking for too much money and then not coming back. So did you say that before everyone got three million each or something? And And Bruce wanted five. I don't know where I heard that. It was... Because the only bad news I'd heard about Bruce Willis for the for years and years has been the whole... I mean, this was the first DVD that Kevin Smith ever did where he did Q&A and he talks about how um, he'd basically been bullied around on set by him, even though he's the director. Um, and Bruce just wasn't there to... He was there for the money and all that sort of thing and treated him like shit. Um, it's terrible. So I was like, yeah, okay, but that's just you and you've had run-ins with Adam Carolla and um, a whole bunch of people. So who's the common denominator here? Howard Stern... Um, you know, you could rattle off a long list of people that he's butted heads with. I've seen some comments where they're like, well, you know, he's a bit of a man-child and if someone calls him out on something, he really doesn't react in a mature way. So as much as I love the guy, I was like, I'll take some criticism with a grain of salt. Yeah. But then I've seen a lot of other stuff since then pop up about Bruce Willis. So I'm like, well, I don't know the guy and I hate to judge anyone without personal experience but when am i ever going to meet bruce willis so i'm just doing some mic adjusting because you know vin's a perfectionist and that's why i'm here i just want to make my editing a lot easier <laughs> ladies and gentlemen he does yeah. he does do the, the hard work i just turn up um but yeah so i don't know bruce willis i always love watching him do his thing but as a human being who knows yeah i but, mean you know he was there with all the uh, raising money for the floods in Texas recently. They were doing this telethon with like basically every celebrity ever. Um, I always so. think that there's a publicist telling them what to do in order to look good in the media. Yeah, it's easy to be cynical about that stuff, um, but you know, good on them still. Yeah, I, mean. I I watched it last week yeah. with a friend of mine, and I've got to say, I've got to, I'm very impressed with uh, Bill Skarsgård as. It the clown. Um, he's got some very fascinating abilities, which includes uh, the ability to uh, move uh, one eye independent of the other. So he looks like he can move his left eye this way and his right eye the other way, and that's not CGI. Um, he, it was a very creepy movie. Um, I was there was a lot of jump scares. I felt very scared throughout certain scenes. Uh, not a spoiler, but check out the garage projector scene. Um, everyone around me in Parramatta just had a little jump and then everyone giggled afterwards, including all the Habibis with the like jacked gym junkie guys. Huh. Um, the, it was it was a great ride. And the kid actors um, were relatively unknowns. With the kids ex- from Stranger Things? With the exception of that yeah. one kid from Stranger Things, which is good. Um, I, I want the sequel to have unknown adult actors mm. because if it's dominated by star actors, we would compare them to their previous performances. And so we'd take away... I feel, um, the character development and, and how much they can relate. Oh, that reminds me. You kind of hijacked where I was going with that. I, was, I just ended up reviewing American Assassin, even though I haven't seen it. But yeah, that was one of the other options. I thought it looked a little bit too violent for the kid compared to American Made look like a true story. He's flying around. What could go wrong? You know, And it was I was right. Like Nothing really extreme happened. There was a few 
moments with um, suggestive content where uh, they're flying around and living the high life with all these women jumping into pools, skinny dipping, that kind of thing. But it was all done a bit remotely, like at a distance. Like it was one of those montage type clips yeah, of, with taste. of people running. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> taste is a strong word for it, but it wasn't like, you know, in your face, look at all sure. these titties. You know, it was just... Megan you know, Fox Transformers. Was it in your face like it that? It was slightly more risque than that, but it was, again, it was very fleeting and very... It was like there was one boob scene in Logan um, yeah. where a girl jumps out of the sunroof. <laughs> I remember that. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, hey! And I was like, yeah, we've got an R rating. We might as well use it. But other than that, it was very much just all about the violence, and that's yep. fine. Um, and this was more about his sort of the drama of keeping his family together and staying alive yeah. and wondering what to do with all the money and who he can trust and yeah it's pretty exciting but then the so the other one was one the movie that you're talking about right now it and uh yeah that was gonna i didn't want to cost him the next two weeks of sleep i mean there's a reason so. why it's r-rated i think in the states and ma here in australia it is mm. quite a scary film but yeah the performances were fantastic. The cinematography was wonderful. And for a budget of only $30 million, mm-hmm. um, people complain about the CGI looking a bit fake. Um, admittedly, the CGI did take me away from the scary bits. Um, you've seen this in the trailers, so it's no spoiler, but there's a part where the clown just has a spaz attack and runs through the water like in a glitch-like state. And you can tell that was CGI, and it wasn't scary at all. And... Uh, but there are moments where... It, here's the thing. It will definitely become a meme throughout the interwebs at least for a month and a half. Um, mm. There's moments in the movie where like, he's dancing stupidly, um, the way he shifts into different monsters. Each, each of the kids has their own fear. You're familiar with the... With the uh, yeah, vaguely. Right? Like, yeah. I haven't read the book and it, um, you know... Okay, I'm Br- a bit sad about that because I do like a lot of his work. And I think I ended up mostly just reading his short stories because um, it was a lot easier to digest as a kid because I was reading that stuff when I was like 9 or 10. Sure. Well, um, but could- yeah, not the, the it. Well, basic premise is that it is is a creature that feeds on uh, kids every 30 years. And oh. he basically uh, turns into the fears of, of the children. So if a children child is scared of... Uh, leprosy, he'll turn into some leper monster. If a child is scared of um, clowns... Seriously, what kids these days are scared of leprosy? You'll be surprised. <laughs> There's a kid who, in the movie who's a clean freak. All right. Or, and, or if a kid... Like who even knows what leprosy is anymore unless they've studied like medieval yeah, history? Yeah, sure. Or, or if a kid is, is scared of uh, violence or like coming mm-hmm. of age puberty and then he'll represent blood or something like that. Yeah. So, And the oh, reason why he does this is akin to the book. It's described as salting the meat. He, he, uh, scared that's what children, they do with dogs in Korea. Scared children become more more tasty mm. for the clown. Apparently, that's why they kill dogs painfully before they eat them in Asia. Holy uh, cow. Yeah. They, Holy they, cow. They, they, <laughs> they crush bones and things like that and boil them before they... That is nasty, man. ...prepare them because the adrenaline... Which is a myth. Like, uh, I remember hearing on some science podcast or something that actually, if you do that then they'll taste worse because of the adrenaline. So, And also, the reason why it, the clown, loves to eat kids versus adults is because kids have a wider imagination. Therefore, he can manifest the mm. various fears compared to adults because as adults grow up, they become more monotonous, boring. Sounds very Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And so a lot of Stephen King's books talks about childhood, um, the rebellion against uh, 
I guess, mm. par- parental superiority because a lot of it is about, you know, letting go mm. and, and just coming together as children and just um, controlling your own destiny. And it, it's a great movie. I mean, uh, if you're familiar with Tim Curry's performance, it's a little bit more humorous. I found it to be, it was basically a comedy for me, but that's me watching it as an adult. When I watched it as a kid, it scared the fuck out of me. I, I had nightmares about clowns and I hated clowns since then. Mm. Um, I've never been to a circus at that young age. Because uh, clowns, think about it. Clowns wear makeup. They have a red nose. They're screaming. They're looking at your face, and they hand you like weird gifts. And like, here, come here, here, come here. Let's take a photo. Aren't you scared by that at all? That that would freak you out, would it not? Or well, for me, it did. Anyway, mm. does does uh? <laughs> I never really understood the whole. It's they're wearing a mask essentially, even just with the makeup that covers their face, and that does unnerve people a little bit. Um, but yeah, I for me there's scary things out there. I mean, I wore a clown mask myself um, for one of the zombie walks, and that was a lot of fun, and seemed to get a lot of an inordinate amount of attention considering how little effort was put into the costume. It was just like yeah, yeah a clown suit from Costume Box, and the masks that I actually found in the like hard rubbish in my garage when I used to live in Surrey Hills. That was a good find. Yeah, but how um, often would you see clowns in the city anyway? It's pretty rare. Yeah, but when they're surrounded by like a thousand zombies, kind of, you get lost in the crowd, you would think. But no, really. That, that's true. They got some strong reactions. I've so. got a fun memory of you walking in a SWAT suit and you had a clown mask and you had a baseball bat. Yeah. And then you were walking through the streets and then there was this Asian guy on a phone and you mm. were like literally next to him looking yep. at him and he still didn't look at you until you were right on his face. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit... Uh, provocative just goes to show man it's kind of like how much can i freak these people out you get lost in the the role so to speak yeah um i haven't done that for a long time good good memories um but yeah that brings us on to that topic where there's a group in sydney apparently that dress up as clowns and like to you know do it as a social experiment stunt type prank thing and there's been some debate over whether that's a healthy thing to do or whether they're just asking for trouble and should we sympathize if they get beaten up or not i think they're doing um, it because of the movie right it's yeah but the, i mean the, the release of it there was a worldwide what would you call it um pandemic it's probably a bit too strong a word but clown pandemic yeah. go, go on there's a little bit of a trend of people dressing up as clowns and scaring you know random strangers in parks and things like that and yeah, it kind of went all over YouTube for a while, and you would see it in the papers. And someone's been seen, or you know, clowns are sighted in the middle of nowhere. But then they started getting beaten up. Like vigilantes would roam around and beat up the clowns. So I think that kind of put a stop to it. Yeah, plus the police weren't very happy with it. So because these clowns didn't come out of the uh, international clown convention. No, these uh, are just random. These are random get. clowns alone with balloons mm. scaring people <laughs> at night time in midnight. So, of course, there'll be people freaking out and grabbing their pitchforks and beating Mm. these guys up. Uh, Of course, they're asking for it. I'm personally all for it. I mean, anything that shakes up the mundanity of everyday life. But obviously, others might not be as thick-skinned. And what if someone has a heart attack and panics? Absolutely. You know, there's a whole, like, uh, mess of ethical issues there. So, I don't know. For me, it doesn't bother me. But... Um. Yeah, I still don't think they deserve to get put through the mill and beaten up that much. I mean, yeah, okay, 
if one jumps out and really frightens like a whole bunch of kids and then has like an actual uh, machete or something like that, obviously it can go too far. Like there's a popular cosplayer, um, well, well-known anyway. I'm not sure popular is the right word, but his name's Gary Messer and he always dresses up as Freddy Krueger and he's gotten some strife with being a little bit too enthusiastic as uh, Freddy. Right. And yeah, I've had mutual friends express... No concern. That, well, I just hear yeah. through the grapevine that that's mm-hmm. been the only costume he's been wearing and trying to perfect over 20 years. Yeah. Um, this guy's in his... Are we profiling him now? No. <laughs> but he... Uh, yeah, he, like he's really dedicated to the character and he does yeah. take photos with kids and parents who are he's, obviously um, nostalgic to the a movies. single dude. He drives a tow truck. He isn't um, probably the brightest guy that I've ever met. And that's saying something because I know I'm not... You know, a full six pack either, but you know no, he Patrick, means well. He's a good bloke, um, but yeah, maybe sometimes he doesn't know where to quite draw the line when it comes to. But that can be said for friends. a lot of cosplayers and yeah. nerds in the scene who come mm. across throughout the entire spectrum um, of uh, social awkwardness and how to interact with people. Uh, luckily, yeah. luckily, you and I are, are somewhere in the middle. Mm. Um, but. <laughs> Hey, you're a lot more popular than me. I saw your live um, Facebook video the other day. I did, yeah. I, I made all a Facebook sorts of people live. popping up in there. Right, it's because they got nothing else to do on a Wednesday night because they're bored. They got no- and they have nothing else going on in their lives. I'm sorry, people, but I did a Facebook live talking about cosplay friendship and what it means while doing yoga. While doing yoga, while doing splits training, yeah. and I talked about how um, important it is to develop deeper connections. Because cosplay conventions, as you guys know, is very fleeting. You meet people for 20 seconds, you talk about how they're doing, and then you leave. A lot of small talk happens. A lot of small talk. And the only deep conversation, deep air quotes here, is that they have dinner at a Korean barbecue after the con, together in a table, taking selfies, posting statuses. And then next day, they go back to work, they do Mm. the old shenanigans, same old, nothing's changed, and... No, I feel no strong bonds are developed there. No yep. deep emotional intelligence or connections are created. Mm. And the reason Patrick says I'm popular, I just happen to talk to people because I love talking to people. I love catching up with people. And yeah, and I think part of it's all that you're very good at not offending a lot of people. Like you're a bit more mindful of what you're saying, whereas I'll just rattle off any old thing. And um, and probably I come across as a bit more needy or desperate for approval whereas you just seem to um you've got that element of um like you're not too cocky or smug like there's there's still a a, you know healthy amount of self-doubt but you know um it's not to the extreme of like please like me so yeah no people are and they you know obviously you do good work and you create it yourself so that always gets yeah, the thing yeah, is, like, I'll, I'll never be Jessica Negri. I'll never have a sexy Patreon or have tits yeah. and an ass. I'm Again, Asian men and Indian men are, are on the lowest totem pole for, for dating and, like, desirability, right? I think you probably do better than most Indian dudes because they've got really? the whole uh, internet um, notoriety these days of being, like, open boobs and... Hey, I've seen Master of None. You know, Master of None is a great show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, but that's why I feel bad for guys that... You know, grew up here or whatever, and or you know, like that guy, Master of None, amazing series. I haven't seen the second season yet, and I've been meaning to. It's really good. Been saving that up. Yeah, but um, 
He's really yeah, into white girls. I, I just sort of you see it on profiles all the time. Back when I was, you know, checking out online dating, that say no Indians or um, really similar things like yeah, and it was just a bit jarring. Like oh Jesus, you know, that would put me off wanting to speak to that girl, even though I'm not an Indian. I would just be like, Oof. but then again, you know, they would cop a lot of dudes from that um, diaspora that do come on a bit strong and don't have that social. Uh, it's definitely a cultural thing. Yeah, it's a cultural sure. thing. It's not a racial thing. It's just that yeah, it's culture. You know, a lot of people from that part of the world happen to be also be that race, but it's you know the culture of growing up there and not having. Um, I don't know what it is. Like I haven't really looked that much into it, but there's certainly something going on where there's a lack of socialization or cause and effect type, like making enough mistakes to learn how not to. You know, like I, I was in some group on Facebook, someone added me to it or whatever, and it was just, you know, 100,000 people in it or something ridiculous like that. And yes. it's 99% Indian dudes posting um, photos of themselves and, wow. and all these ridiculous photoshopped poses and going, hi, I like American woman and I want to... That's, I'm not going to do an Indian accent, actually. That would be a bit... I'm going to um, call the police on you, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was all this sort of crying out for attention, you know. Um, just so thirsty and I just sometimes I can't help myself and I'm like why are you posting this It's there's no women in here let alone American women and the guy's like whoa whoa but I, to be honest I didn't um, type this I stole like I found this because it was this long paragraph and it actually half made sense it's copy and paste um, so I was a bit impressed with that like oh this guy seems to kind of mm, know what he's saying even though it's pointed in the wrong direction if you know what i mean sure um but then yeah he's like yeah but tell me what to say you have good english tell me what i should say to i really want an american woman i want to go and live there and just like jesus man this is not yeah look it's cultural it's like you know is is social etiquette taught there as a subject or just in general because you've got to compare western society Mm. etiquette values compared to asia because i i'm not sure this is true but i'll ask my sister about this whether Sex ed is probably taught in Vietnam yeah. or social etiquette, and because uh, if if there's a girl in like just even denim shorts that just go up just a little bit above the knee, mm. and we go to the country, there'll be stares everywhere. There'll be thirsty stares from all the guys. Really, of, I remember of being in Vietnam, ages. and I you would see women dressed all kinds of different Western style, and I don't remember. I remember going to Morocco, and that would definitely happen. Uh, where a Western girl would be in her backpacker sort of stuff, you know, short shorts, and that was a no-no. Yeah. Um, but you, some of the less no, I'm pretty sure. informed girls would walk around like they were still in Spain, and, yeah, mobs of men would follow them around. Yeah, wow. Um, you know, and harass them, and very quickly they would learn to go and get changed, Yeah. But um, which is an unfortunate reality. But, yeah, and I don't know if India's like that. I haven't been there, but um, Vietnam, I didn't get the impression at all that it was... No, like uh, mm. no, not in the cities, but like in mm. some country suburbs and towns okay. um, where you don't often get a lot of like action, especially from foreign women yeah. as well. So it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. But in a, a creepy, creepy way. Like I remember Very being creepy. in Japan and I had school kids come up and touch my hair and my skin and like really? my arm hair. They were freaked out by that. And, you know, I was this big hairy gaijin with, um, I think my hair was a bit blonder back <laughs> That's then. That's hilarious, man. But. Yeah, and and that was cute. Like I didn't mind. I had one guy tell me to grab me by the the throat at a uh, middle of the night at a crowded train station because 
one of my more drunken um, fellow English teacher friends, an Aussie girl from Melbourne, um, big bouncy, full of life type, uh, reminds me of um, Tula from Howzo's, but now she's kind of, she just won oh, a yeah? libel case. Rebecca Wilson? Yes. Yes. She kind of reminds me of her. Anyway, so she went up to this guy because he was wearing all that Nazi stuff that they do. Like the ultra-nationalist Japanese. They just wear black. Whoa. And they stand out um, next to giant big black buses with loudspeakers and rail yeah. on and on about foreigners. They're kind of like um, Japanese versions of like the Trump supporters in America or whatever. But right. this is back in like the 90s. Asian so, rednecks. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. But no, a lot more stylish because they were dressed by Hugo Boss. Well, the Japanese the have always been very stylish. Yeah, we'll give them that. Yeah. Um, you know, back then it was Harajuku and, and all that. that. That was when they were still um, being very creative in terms of fashion. Whereas apparently these days that's gone a bit away and now it's just they're part of the worldwide yeah. move towards everyone dressing the same. So that's kind of sad to hear. But um, yeah, so she sort of was making fun of him about the Nazi symbols and... I'm not sure he understood what she was saying, but he was obviously offended enough to grab me by the throat. So at least he didn't go for her wow. and try and throw me around. But it was probably even at that tender you. age of, I think I was 19, I was still um, big enough to kind of laugh it off and just yeah. leave the area because um, I've never been a huge drinker. And, and even when I do drink, I'm not like the violent type. I'm going to throw you onto the tracks. You know, right. It's just kind of... But yeah. the, the hate that was in his eyes, there was this, this pure malice it was just all he wanted to do was put me under a train i think um well you're questioning that, his... even to me at that time like that was probably the closest i've ever come to experiencing racism yeah or at least close to it i mean he was wearing the you know the stuff that tells you loudly hey i don't like foreigners and then you know assisted by a drunk friend harassing him so it was pretty clear um, that was part of it. And yeah, even then I wasn't really, I didn't feel like that. I've always wondered what it's like because people go on about the power structure and you've got to live under a systemic oppression for your whole life to really know what it's like to be a person of color and all that. And yeah, I guess I do feel a little bit of white guilt and I'm all about collecting experiences and I'm yet to really yeah, I... understand fully what it's like to be a minority or, you know, someone that's um, been sort of had to get used to dealing with something that's not their fault on a daily basis or not of their own making, you know, like a skin color or a religion or a gender or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. The, <laughs> the Man, painful getting real deep reality here, of being a cisgender white male. Like it's, oh. Is this an ABC podcast or yeah, yeah, I think what's this all about? Try, oh, see what I le mentioned last week about wanting to get sponsored by SBS? It's part of the um, campaign. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But where was I going with totally that? I I talking remember. about the Nazi symbols, there was an event yes. in Portland uh, Comic Con. That's a perfect it? segue. Yeah. Portland, yeah. Uh, they're bringing some new rules after someone had tweeted it was a female journalist who wrote for like Women and Comics or some website like that where she basically uh, was upset that there'd been some Warhammer 40K costumes with Hello Kitty. Uh, no, it was a Hello Kitty costume with the Nazi symbol. Or something like that. And, you know, it was all a bit of fun. And I've seen photos of costumes like that online and had a chuckle. And, you know, it's meant ironically and in no way is promoting Nazism. But, um, yeah, now they've banned any Nazi symbols or any fictional characters which stem from that world. So that includes Red Skull. That includes the army that, you know, he created. Um, 
So you might want to help me, Captain America. Uh, yeah, I I know you know. nothing of the Captain Hydra. America. Hydra. Oh, of Hydra. course, of course. Come on. Any Hydra agents? Yeah. Uh, no longer allowed to cosplay at that particular event. So I don't know. Where do you stand on that? Is it too far? Well, is it- well here's the thing. If one of my favorite characters in cinema is Colonel Hans Lander from Inglorious Bastards, Tarantino's film, and I've always wanted to cosplay him. Like, but the thing is, I'm happy to wear him, but minus the the Nazi symbols. Like, if you minus all the Schwarzstiggers and everything mm. and keep everything intact, I think as an organizer, that would be perfectly the fine. The thing is, as a little Asian dude, everyone would think it was kind of amusing. That's like, the thing. Like, they would know that you're not running around as a jackbooted thug trying to beat up on, you know. But uh, I'd have to physically show I the DVD it, that would for be them to know who I am. Questionable. Yeah, but there's a, there's a lot of characters which people are very sensitive to, but for today's generation for today's year we've had recent uh white supremacist rallies in america donald trump getting elected a lot of rednecks happening here and it's the nazi thing i think it's more sensitive this year than any other year and Mm. in this in portland uh there's been a history of uh skinheads neo-nazis and a history of uh, ethnic violence so it's no surprise that the organizers kind of uh, went one step further and said, we're going to ban all Nazi symbols and costumes. But yeah. the thing is, um, the the Comic-Con attendees who wore those costumes weren't kicked out straight away. They just said, tomorrow, just wear something different or mm. go back to your hotel, change and come back. But they said, apparently it was a mm. lifetime ban if they came back. Right. Yeah, I do remember something about a lifetime ban. So I think that's a bit threatened. much. That's really... Yeah, that's no. There's a difference no. between wearing the costume and actually yeah. being a neo-Nazi. Personally, I think it's the start of a slippery slope. If you start banning Red Skull and Hydra, then you might as well ban. You know, it opens up that. You know, carte blanche to start being offended by every single other. You know, like it was. I shared the article in our group um, that Vin and I are both admins of. Um, and what was the Vin response like? A, um, well, it. Yeah, it got a decent response. Like it was one of the first kind of semi-drama threads for a while. Uh, they're unintended because I might have used the R word um, in reaction to the ban, um, which apparently is not politically correct these days wow. to say retarded. Um, but I'm, I'm just used to hearing that. my peers and older entertainers or whatever throw it around like anything. And yeah, so that ended up being more about a debate of the use of that word than the actual article. Yeah. But it, there was a large consensus by most that, um, yeah, that the ban was a step too far and, and that's where I kind of am. Obviously, that local context does colour it a little, but if they tried to do the same thing here... In Sydney, um, right. I don't know. I'm, I'm very leery of boycotting anything. Like, I still went to Supernova when Adam Baldwin was coming and a lot of people were... I didn't feel that was off. a big deal than um, what it actually was, right? Like, Yeah, it was just it was that he'd online encouraged doxing of... Victims of um, the whole Gamergate incident. Yeah, I, it was very murky and it was hard to understand what was going on. But I think, you know, like it's one guest out of a, an entire event. It's only going to affect, um, I don't know how many people. Whereas a rule like that really does affect, yeah, you know, all cosplayers. So Adam Baldwin was optional. You had, yeah, you, you didn't have, you to, don't go have to, to go to his panels his or his Q and A's or his signings or anything like that. Yeah, and the the. The Q and A panel is tucked away in a hall in the corner of the mm. whole convention. So, yeah, um, and no, nothing controversial was said. I went to the panel; it was great. He was there with Nathan Fillion. Um, oh, so amazing to be sitting it was so good. close to yeah. him. And, 
Nothing controversial was said. Did you see any protests in the front of Supernova at that time? Any sort of loud... No. Okay. There was was a lot of promised violence and protesting, but nothing eventuated. That's what happens on Facebook. A lot of empty promises. Exactly. A lot of loud noise. The the drama tonight in the group was. Absolutely. um, You know, it it comes and goes. And it's just frustrating that it takes uh, people to get offside with each other for there to be a lot of engagement. Yeah. Like, it'd be nice if someone could just post something really cool, like, hey, look at this awesome cosplay, and discuss the finer points of how it got made or where you could wear it. And, right. You know, no one ever comments on anything like that. So that's a little bit sad, but that's just the way people are. They feed off um, conflict. And I buy into it because I'm the one sharing something that I know will um, get attention because it's got that slight element of, um, you know, there's that conflict. And it's like any film you know even the 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 characters that are on the same side have to be fighting to a degree so if you watch avengers or any of those movies you've got captain america chastising them for their language and you've got you know as playful as as it ever is it's still you know you still have to have that tension that's how you get dynamism in character development and interaction because if everyone agreed with each other it would be a very boring film. There'll exactly. be no conflict. There'll be no problems. So. Um, by the way, uh, let's just give a quick rating uh, for the movies that we've seen. Mm. Uh, I'd like to give it a solid 8 out of 10. Mm. It is, you're it not is being high... sarcastic though. That is solid. No, it. I think it had the highest opening for any horror film in history. And yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it did beat out. Um, I think we talked about that last week. Very solid uh, numbers, and mm. it's a great film. Good, good uh, coming of age child story. Yeah, uh, kids coming together. Uh, good acting, um, and I think Bill Skarsgård, Skarsgård makes a great clown. And plus, he's six foot four, wow. so he's a tall for a clown. So hopefully, he doesn't get typecast, and he can go on and do bigger and better things. Yeah, but um, what about you, Patrick? What about yep. American uh, Made? American Made. I'll give it. Uh, Maybe not an eight, more like a seven and a half. Um, it was good fun. It didn't blow my mind or change my life or anything like that. But um, <laughs> my son was like, as soon as it finished, he's like, can you go on your phone? Because I don't know if I'll get to go online when I get home. But can you, you know, search this guy, Barry Seal? I want to learn all about him. So it certainly opened his eyes to... Um, he's kind of like that with when we watched Dunkirk. He wanted to get home and learn all about yeah. World War One. So I bought him a bunch of um, war movies after that and I awesome last night I was like so have you watched any of them yet no but you know it's all about in the moment isn't it yeah yeah a little bit in the moment but hey it's all good there's no rush yeah let him just be a kid and enjoy the moments because that's what it's like when you're a kid you get to you're very zen apparently that's why zen monks love children because they're living you know sort of moment to moment and they're not sort of worrying about what's happening tomorrow or next week or their career or all these hang-ups that we get as adults. Yeah. Um, so it's all about chasing that dream and trying to get back to that childlike state, mm. essentially. Sounds perfect. So, yeah. Whereas all week, it's oh, it's been crazy. Lots of um, work's been picking up a bit. So, you know, I think it was Thursday. We had our first hot day of 2017 since winter. Yeah. Um, it got to up to like 35 degrees or something. Man, I know that turned into annoying. a 12 hour day for me in the spare truck, which doesn't have working air conditioning. Um, like it's been fixed, but it just, as soon as it gets a little bit warm, no, it's not going to win over a Sydney heat. So yeah, man, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Respect. Um, you know, but we do what we got to do. 
And uh, this is what I look forward to, getting to sit down with a mate and talk about our real passions, yeah. which are films, and um, hopefully seeing more friends next week at one of these events. Um, and I'll be posting information on Beyond Cosplay, Banana Split. If you check out our Facebook page or the Twitter page, um, I'll try and put some stuff up on there. I'm waiting basically to see if anyone responds to any of the posts and then I'll really start interacting a bit stronger on Banana Split. But Beyond Cosplay definitely has a lot of... Um, More traction. Yeah, I mean, there's only over just over 5,000 likes, um, but it seems to have a pretty healthy amount of um, engagement considering. So it's not all about the number of likes because I've seen pages with much higher numbers and they'll post stuff and not really get any um, real it, traction. Or yeah, comments. it's not about so. numbers as much as it is about interaction with the yeah, fans yeah. and comments and creating controversy and opinions and because you see cosplayers uh, have high number of likes but then they get sorry on their page but then they yeah. barely get any interaction on the post that they make hmm. um, and why is that uh, it could be they're doing the same repetitive old stuff uh, they don't share opinions they don't ask hmm. questions they don't interact with the fans yeah. all these things combined together will cr- create stronger more loyal fans mm. and we hope to do the same for banana split podcast in yeah its early i mean stages. neither of us have a cosplay page as such no but um which is interesting because we've both been doing it for a long time but i don't think we've and you've certainly got more reason to with your cardboard stuff um but yeah hopefully we can channel that identity avatar yeah. that we have on social media. With well, we're, we're looking at graphic artists to draw our uh, logo, yep. which will be pretty exciting because uh, the current one I did was shoddy on Facebook, <laughs> Photoshop. It makes Don't... you look like some kind of Afro samurai. Yeah, so, I'm half black there, so yeah. good times. Mm. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to episode 10 of Banana Split. My name is Vin. My name is Patrick. Grab some dessert and get the hell out of here.